is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. This morning I am going to be preaching on the subject of grace for Mother's Day. Uh, motherhood is a difficult job. Motherhood is an exhausting job. Motherhood is an important job, which puts pressure on you for the, the importance of the job. So, telling you this morning about how important your job is as a mom, you know, that, that could be a kick in the pants if someone was a lazy mom, but it's not much for giving help or hope or comfort for one who's stressed out and, and um, exhausted in, in the work of motherhood. So, you know, it wouldn't be very comforting to say, Mom, you're stressed out and overwhelmed at the job that you have. Well, just understand that your job is the most important job on the earth. And then let's turn to Proverbs 31 and look at the most perfect uh, example of a wife and mother, and then I'll beat you over the head with Proverbs 31 all morning. Happy Mother's Day. Well, that, that's not what I'm going to do. There's a place for that, and there's a time for that, but that's not what I'm going to do today. Today's message isn't going to lift up the job of the, the, the mother and the calling and focus on that, but rather offer some grace to the mom who knows all too well how important the job is and to know its importance is emotionally exhausting and difficult endeavor, though worthwhile and one of the most precious jobs that a person can have on this earth. I know it's for mothers. I'm certain that every single person can apply these same truths to your situation, but the focus is um, this morning for grace for, for mothers. And I hope to hit all seasons of motherhood, not just um, one, but hopefully we'll hit from the young mother to the, the mother whose uh, children are grown and gone, and everyone in between, um, to offer grace and help and comfort to um, those mothers among us this morning. What I'll try to do is diagnose some spiritual problems first, and then just give some solutions to the problems. Not all problems are, are spiritual, as we'll see at the beginning, but there could be some spiritual issues that are adding to uh, some and making the job more difficult than, than it would have to be, adding to the stress that is already there, that is inherent in, in the job. So let's look first at some grace for the weary mother. Like I said, mothering is hard. And uh, first, we just have to ask why you are weary. Now, there's the physical aspect of that. There's just physical work, physical labor. And no matter what kind of job that you have that's physical, um, you're going to be tired and exhausted. And there's physical things that go along with that, right? So there's uh, not enough sleep and diet, and that will cause emotional issues. So if you go too long and you don't sleep, then you can know that that's going to cause anxiety and it's going to cause other emotional problems that you might have. And so you just have to recognize that. Um, there's not really anything that you can do if, if you don't have enough sleep, but just recognize that sometimes emotional and spiritual problems are related to physical issues. We are both body and soul. And so sometimes the, the anxiety and so forth can come from something with the body. And we just have to understand that and not, not ignore those factors. 
And so we can't say that everything related to the emotions and the, the spiritual aspect, your soul, is disengaged from the body. Sometimes there's chemical uh, issues in, in the body. Sometimes there's, there's sicknesses that cause um, uh, those type of issues. So we can't disengage those two things, and ju- but just understand and recognize that, that those things um, are connected. But, we have, but you should also consider that you are not God. In Psalm 121, verse 1, it says, I will lift up my eyes into the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heavens. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall not slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is the shade upon thy right hand. See, God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. God never gets tired. God never gets overwhelmed. There's never too much on God's plate for him to handle. The reason the psalmist writes this is because it's not like that for the psalmist. The psalmist gets tired. The psalmist gets overwhelmed. The psalmist can have too many things that he has to do and not enough time to do it. And so what this psalm is doing is trusting the Lord and saying, I'm not God, but the Lord doesn't get tired. The Lord doesn't sleep, and he will lift me up. So you cannot do everything that you want to do, and sometimes you can't do everything that you need to do. But the Lord knows this. And so what you can't beat yourself up for not being able to do everything that you want to do because there's only so much time in a day. And you can't not sleep and you can't not eat and you can't take care of your body and your soul. And so the mother needs to to remember that it is the Lord who is all-powerful, the Lord who does all things, and the Lord knows your frame. The Lord knows your situation. So you, you trust the Lord to care for you and for your family and to do all that you, you can and then just leave the rest unto the Lord for he knows your frame. So that's what the psalmist did there. He trusted God. I can't do everything, he says, but God can. And I'll, and I'll trust him with that. Well, the main thrust of this message from here on out is what I think can cause a lot of weariness spiritually. So I just wanted to bring that physical part out at the forefront because sometimes that's just, that is uh, just something we have to deal with. But the rest of the message, I want to look at some spiritual things that could cause um, the, the mother to be overwhelmed and some grace uh, for you in these situations. So we've looked at physical weariness, but let's look at spiritual weariness. Spiritual weariness. It can be difficult for the the Christian mother because um, just of the the nature of her job. Mom knows where all the stuff is. Mom knows the answers to, to the questions. And whether it's a question about algebra or if it's a question about if you're what happens if you feed this to the dog is the dog going to get sick or or you know what happens if uh you when they're little you know what happens if you uh, uh flush an action figure down the toilet you know these type of questions that the mom knows i don't know what what's happened 
Uh, mom is the fixer of things. Mom is the giver of food. And that's the nature and the joy of the job that little ones go to mom for everything. For all the answers, for fixing of all the problems, for um, answers to all life's mysteries. Uh, that, that they all look to mom for these things. And that can be overwhelming. Now you can talk to mothers whose children have grown up and gone and they'll tell you that they miss that. That once that stops happening and once they start doing things on their own, you can look back and say, boy, I miss those days whenever they needed mom. But at the time, it is overwhelming. That can, but that can carry over spiritually. So you can't make it on your own. Mom isn't self-sufficient. Mom can't be an island unto herself. Mom cannot be uh, spiritually uh, the, the rock because, because you need Christ. There is no person, man or woman, that can be the rock for, for all other people. We are spiritually, we must come to the rock, the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't make it on your own. Ignoring your soul is going to add a yet another burden that no Christian can carry. In, Pro, in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 12, notice what it says here. Um, this section of Hebrews is talking about the child of God in relation to their father in heaven and talks about the discipline that the father will lay upon his children. So if the child is, is um, sinning, the Lord will chasten us just like a father chasing the child. But in verse number 12 it says, Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. So here's a picture of someone with bad knees and a broken arm. Sometimes we, we think of the Christian life as as a victorious soldier marching off to war and everything is, is going all right, but but the, the picture here is not that. This is somebody who's got broken knees. They're, they're bent over. They're hobbling. They, they walk around like I walk around a lot of the time, just uh, you know, in pain and hobbling and, and, and can't hardly move. That's the picture here. And so what do they do? They come to the house of God. They come to where God's people are for encouragement, for prayer, for help, for, for strength. And so this is the, the reality of the Christian life. So much of what you see in media about the mother that, that has everything together is not what it is in reality on the inside. And so let's not make that carry over into the house of God that, that we put on a front that, oh yeah, everybody's got everything together. Everything's got, everybody here's got everything going on. Well, that's not the case. That's not true. Oftentimes we come into the house of God weary and, and beaten down and broken down and we come that the Lord may help us, that the Lord may strengthen us. That it's the place where we come to love one another and to help one another and lift one another up. And just the fellowship of the saints and the encouragement of the scriptures and the, the comfort of the Holy Spirit and looking to Jesus Christ. This is how the Lord uses just these ordinary, this ordinary way to sanctify and to bless his people. 
So don't think that you have to have all together or that you have to have everything going 100% in, in every aspect of your life, but know that no strange thing has happened to you. It's okay to be um, burdened. It's okay to, to confess. I'm just, I'm just beat down um, from the week, and I, I need God's grace. That's what the scripture has here. We are to bear one another's burdens and to help one another. So there's grace in that. Doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you're uh, alone and by yourself. It just means that you're having a, a rough time of life. Well, God will give grace. And that's one purpose of this church is that God will give grace to those who are, are limping along. Could be law weariness. Now, the scripture tells us that the law is a good thing. The law of God, it says, is holy. The commandment is holy and just and good. Romans 7, 12. God's law is good. That's a good thing. But it's God's law that's a good thing. You could be very weary because you're living under somebody else's law. It might be your law that you made for yourself. It might be a law that you read in a parenting magazine or something online. Here's 25 things that a mother has to do every morning before uh, before the day starts in, in order to, to have a, a happy life. Right? That's a law is what that is. That someone, somebody somewhere said, here's a law that you have to follow. And if you have calibrated your conscience to an unrealistic, unbiblical standard, and then you're crushed by the fact that you can't keep that, well, then you're weary from somebody else's law. The Lord has set us free that we may serve him in, in peace and in, and in gratitude according to his law. But not according to anybody else's. We have been set free. God has set us free from the, the old covenant system. And he has set us free to love one another and to love him according to his word. And the scriptures say that his commandments are not grievous. Weariness can come if you're, not, if you're measuring by the wrong measuring stick. And so a mother could be weary because she's trying to live up to what everybody else is doing on Facebook. And, you, and you're there and maybe in the middle of the night and you look and, and here's a family that's got everything together. Everybody is wearing nice clothes and has a nice picture and they're having a great time and, and they have a picture of the house and the house is spotless and, and the, the yard is manicured and everything's looking good and everything's looking fine. And then you turn around and you're sitting in a, a mountain of dirty laundry with dirty dishes in the sink and, and you just say, you know, I, I'm, I'm a failure. I, I, I can't keep up with all this. Well, whose standard are you living by? You're not living by God's standard. You have created a law for yourself. You've let someone else create a law for you. And you're measuring yourself by some other person. Paul said that he doesn't, uh, the judgment of other people didn't affect him any. He wasn't, he wasn't ruled by their judgment. The only judgment that concerned him was the judgment of God. So you can bring weariness to your soul by living up to the standard of other people or making a law for yourself that God did not make for you. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus didn't say, if you love me, keep, other, keep up with other people. He didn't say, if you love me, 
obey all pins on Pinterest. He didn't say, if you love me, then you're going to be the most, well, you know, the, you're going to be on the cover of Mothering Magazine or whatever the case might be. The only guy that you need to be worried about, about your soul, is the standards that the Lord has laid down. And if you're overwhelmed because you're not meeting the expectations of other people or the expectations of, other, of yourself even, then you're adding to a burden that the Lord did not give you. You're adding burdens to your soul that the Lord did not lay down. What does God expect of you? Were you to love him and you're to love one another? In the book of Titus, chapter 2, um, Paul told uh, Titus what to preach to the church. And he said, here's something to preach for uh, the men, and here's something to preach for the women about how they are to live. Well, in Titus chapter 2 and verse number 3, notice what it says here. So verses, verse 2 is about men. Verse 3, it said, The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becoming holiness, not false accusers, not giving to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers of home, good, obedient to their husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. So what do we have here? What is God, God commanding? Well, God says you're to love him and to love your family. Love and fear the Lord. Love and obey your husband. Love and teach your children to fear the Lord. That can all be summed up in those things. Love God and love your family. That's what's expected of you. That is your calling. That is the law that God has laid down. Just love God and love your family. That's a joyful calling. Now, it doesn't mean it's easy. And it doesn't always mean it's happy. But it is a joyful calling. You, you have a task that is 24-7. You have a task that, that is difficult and it changes all the time. But, you know, it, it's a lot better to have a task that is centered in love and centered in the people that you love. Then maybe a task that's centered in doing something that you hate around people that you don't like very much. I've had jobs like that where I hated the work I was doing and I didn't think too much of the people I had to work with all day. And it, it was miserable. But motherhood, the Lord has given you a, a, a wonderful task to be centered around loving people that you love. Love the Lord and love your family. That's the sum and substance of the requirements that God has for you. Proverbs 1, 8 and 9 says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. The work of motherhood is a work of grace. Children are to look at what their moms tell them as a sort of a, like a necklace almost, a necklace of grace. And, and think about that, mother. Think about what God has given you to do, even though it's difficult. It is a life 
in a ministry and a service of grace and love. And so if you look to the outside and try to measure yourself by what other people are doing, then you're, you're living legalistically. But if you say, the Lord has saved me, the Lord has given me eternal life, I am clean and justified in the Lord, and God has called me to follow him and to love him and to love my family. And that's the standard that I have to live by. That's all that the Lord asks of me. Then there's grace for your soul there, isn't there? You're no longer in a legalistic framework for your, for your soul, but you're in a, a framework of grace. That you're keeping God's commandments. And you're living for the glory of God. There could be soul weariness and just tired of messing it up. You might be weary from not loving the Lord. You might be weary from not loving um, your, your family as you ought. Weary just because you're not doing what God said. Not loving Him as you ought. And you can become burdened because of remaining sin that's still in your life. Breaking God's commands and living in rebellion wrecks your life. And there's no amount of vacation time or, or time at the, the beach or time at, uh, away that will restore your soul. Because you'll rest your body and you'll come back and all the problems will be here waiting on you. Because sin will add burdens to your life. But Jesus offers rest for the soul. So if, if the weariness comes from sin... Well, Jesus offers rest in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. If you labor under sin, if your heart is heavy with regret, with failure, if you were laboring and heavy with, with sin in your life, will come to Jesus. If you are overwhelmed by messing it up just yet another week, and you look back over the last week and say, oh, I've made a wreck of it again, I've messed it up again. Come to Jesus, and he will give you rest for your soul. There is forgiveness with Christ. There is grace with Christ. There is rest with Christ. The yoke of Christ is easy. The burden of Christ is light. And if you try to carry that by yourself, and you try to bear that all along by yourself, you're carrying a burden that no man has ever been able to carry. No person has ever been able to carry the weight of their own sin and the weight of their own rebellion. But Jesus says, come to me, and that, that burden will fall off. Come to me and, and follow me. My commandments aren't hard. My commandments aren't grief. It's light. Take that off your shoulder and be free and find peace with me. So there's grace for the weary mother in Christ. Live for him. Live in, in his grace and relieve yourself of, of the burden of legalism or the burden of sin. Secondly, there's grace for the heavy-souled mother. One who is sorrowful. Like I said, 
mothering is hard work, but mothering is also heart work. To love your family is to give yourself over to other people. That's what that is. You dedicate your entire life to giving yourself for the good of other people. You're you're dealing with other people's hearts and other people's souls and their minds. If you're, you know, a mechanic can go into the shop and there's something wrong and he looks at it and replaces the bad part and it's working again. And that's it. And that's the end of the story. But heart work isn't like that. You might diagnose the problem with your child and it might be years and years and decades or maybe even never before that issue is resolved. Heart work is difficult. It's rewarding. It's fulfilling. It's impactful. But it's also draining. It's also hurtful. And it's also overwhelming. Because you can't control what other people think or do. You can force your child to do what you tell them, but that doesn't mean that that changes their heart. I've told the story before of the, the dad that told his child to sit down. He's standing up in the back seat, tells him to sit down, put his seatbelt on. And he said, no. And he says, I said, sit down, put your seatbelt on, or I'm going to pull the car over, and I'm going to wear you out. And he sits down and says, well, I'm standing up on the inside. All right, so he forced him to do what he told him. You can't change somebody's heart, can you? Well, that is an overwhelming, stressful, draining task. Because you can't make other people listen to God. You can't make other people love God. Well, this morning, I would want nothing more than for this message to bring someone comfort and grace I want nothing more than for, your, for everyone in here to leave trusting in Christ and blessed and assured in what He has done for them. But I can't make you believe it. I can't make you listen. Right? So, so the work dealing with people's hearts is, is, can be exhausting work. You're dealing with sinners and their sins. You need to think about your family theologically. Children disobey you not because you're a failure as a mom, but because they're little sinners. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. Not even, not even yours. So if you lift your children up as perfect creatures who've never done anything wrong, and, and it's not their fault, it's always somebody else's fault, then whenever they mess up, you say, well, it can't be my children because my children are perfect. It must be my fault. You have to understand that your child is a sinner. And your child sins because they are a sinner. And so deal with your child theologically. And say, I can, I can do my best. I can point them to Christ. I can pray for them. But ultimately, after I've done all that God has said, and after I've, I've done all that I know to do, they are responsible for themselves before before God. Part of the heaviness of mothering is dealing with the sins of your kids. Especially when you care so much about their soul and they don't care at all. You want them to care. You want them to listen to the Lord and obey the Lord and, and turn from their sin. But, but 
all you can do is pray and point him in the right direction and trust in the Lord. That, that is a, an overwhelming task to trust God with the hearts of your children. And that is an overwhelming task. But thank God for mothers who, who continue to pray. Who continue, even when their children are older. Even when their children have children, and maybe their children have grandchildren, that they continue to pray. And they continue to look to the Lord, and they continue to trust the Lord. And I'll tell you, for if you've got little ones, it's never going to end. You can ask, you can ask your family members, your mom and, and others. You can ask other uh, grandmothers here if that ever changes. If you ever stop caring for your child or loving them or worrying about them. So that, that is a, an overwhelming job. But, but you can trust the Lord with the hearts of your children. Look over in the book of Romans chapter 9 with me. Romans chapter 9. In verse number 2. Paul said, I have a great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, for my kinsmen according to the flesh. Have you ever felt like that, mother? You see your child maybe hurting? You see your child in pain? You see your child wander away and you have a heaviness and continual sorrow in your heart? I remember remember whenever uh, I was a little kid and I was really, really sick. I'd been in the hospital for about a week and uh, had some type of bad infection. And, you know, I remember my mom sitting in there and then she's saying, I, I wish I could just take this away from you. I wish I could be sick for you. And she had a heaviness and sorrow in her heart. She saw her child hurting and, and there were, she knew that she couldn't. But she just wished in her heart that she could trade places. That she said, I, 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 would, I would be sick for you so you wouldn't have to be. Well, Paul had a spiritual sorrow like that. He said, I wish that I could be accursed if my countrymen would be saved. Paul had a heaviness for other people because they were living in rebellion, actively opposed to Jesus. Well, Romans chapter 9, as you know, is a a chapter about the sovereignty of God. In verse 14, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and compassion on whom I will have compassion. Now, some people will say that we believe in a very callous doctrine, one that doesn't have compassion on people. Well, Paul starts this off with a great heaviness and sorrow that, that we can understand just in our families, that we would, we would wish ourselves to be able to take the pain away from, from our loved ones. Well, Paul feels like this way to Israel. And where is his comfort? He trusts the thing to God. It doesn't start to stop his tears. We see that. It doesn't stop his sorrow. It doesn't stop him from his desire. But he rests in the fact that God will save his people. That... that His loved ones were in the hands of God, and that's a safer place than if they were in Paul's hands. Paul wasn't careless, nor was he callous. 
verse 10, or chapter 10, in verse 10, or no, I'm sorry, chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. His prayer and his desire was that the Lord would save them, but he knows it's in the Lord's hands. He can't save them. But if you go down in verse number 10, he, he, he talks about how they can be saved. Verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then he goes on about how he goes and preaches the gospel. Because how can they believe if they haven't heard? So it starts with a continual sorrow. And Paul goes and preaches the gospel to these people that they might hear. And yet they don't believe. Their hearts are hard and not all obeyed. Verse 16, who hath believed our report? But where is his comfort? It comes back to God knowing that the Lord's will will be done. And Paul can rest and say, I've done what I could. And the rest is in the Lord's hands. So part of the heart work of a mother is just trusting in God. That you do your part. You guide them. You point them to Christ. Teach them the right way. You pray for them. And then you trust him to God. I, that's the part that, that the Christian has to, to grab a hold of. You have to trust them to the Lord. I was trying to decide if I was going to tell, so I don't think I will. I'm going to tell a personal story, but I don't think I will. Let's just, we'll skip one. It's long work. It's hard work. This heart work is long, not in the days, but in the time frame. You have to play the long game. You have to look at your child as an infant and think about them as a 30-year-old. And you have to look at your teenager and think of them as you know, a 30-year-old. Where are they going to be? Where are they going to grow up? You have to look at your older child and know that they're in the hands of the Lord. You could do every single thing right and the child still disobey. Merle Haggard sang about that, didn't he? Mama tried. Turned 21 in prison, life without parole. He said, I've only me to blame because Mama tried. Well, that happens. Mom does everything right. Mom raises the child and, and, and trains them up in the way that they should go and, and points them to Jesus and, and does everything that she's supposed to. She prays for them and, and, then, and then the child doesn't hear. You can pour your heart and your soul out to provide care and love and nurture. And then they might snap at you or bite your head off. You might labor waking early to, to help and to pray for them and love, love them and weep for them, and they don't pay any attention to it or it backfires. From the cradle to the teenage years to when they get married to when they have kids of their own. Motherhood is, is when you, you want the best for your child, but sometimes you just can't do anything to fix it. That, that's a source of, of uh, sadness and heaviness. 
Sometimes it's thankless, one step forward and two steps back. And that will wear you out if you don't rely upon God. You can go out and cut the grass and sit down on the porch and say, look, the grass is cut. It's done. But this is more like the patient farmer. You have to plant the seeds and then you might not see the fruit for a long, long time. You might plant the seeds in your child's heart and you might not see the fruit for five years, for 10 years, for 30 years. How many adults have been in later in life and just sat back and said, Mom was right, I should have listened to her? Well, what's happened? Mom planted whenever the child was five years old. Life has watered that seed, and God gave the increase decades later. It's not like you, you cook a meal and then it's done and you can see the fruit of your hands. When you deal with the souls of your children, it's long. You have to think about the long game. You have to think, it is, I'm doing this now, but I might not see fruit until they're, until they're older themselves. That can be hard, but you have to, if you put it in perspective and trust the work to the Lord, you can find grace in this long, long game. Don't expect to see fruit overnight. No matter the age. It can be a heaviness to the mother. Proverbs 10.1 says, A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. Why? Because she loves him. She worries about him. She cares for him. She wants to help, but she can't. That's where you need to find strength in Christ. Psalm 119.28 says, My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. What, you, what do you find there? Not the commandments. That doesn't give us strength. Grace gives us strength. Either by rightly pointing us to Christ or showing us that we can have rest and peace and grace in Christ. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen thy heart. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. And I bring this out about the heart work for you to, to know that God is using you as a means to, to bless your children. You are a tool in the hands of God. And that's why I use Paul and his ministry, because what was Paul's work? Paul had heart work, didn't he? To preach the gospel unto lost people. Well, mothers, you, you have lost children whenever they're born. They're born into your home, lost children. You have a mission field there. And, you, and just think about your heart work like Paul did. I want nothing. I would give my life for my children. But only God can give the increase. So I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to point them to Christ. But then I'm just going to do like Paul did. I'm going to trust the work to them. And you can rest knowing that if you follow God's patterns and, and follow God's uh, commands on, on what to do, you can trust the Lord with the result and say, Lord, I, I, I did what you told me and I, I trust you um, for the rest. Lastly, there's grace for the failing mother. Never in the world's history has there been a perfect mom. Not one, ever. 
There's been a perfect son in the Lord Jesus Christ, but there's never been a perfect mom. That's stressful too because of the most, it's such an important work. Then add to it all the stuff that you have going on in your own life. You're a human being as well. You have problems of your own. But then you add to those the problems of your children and worrying about them. And then you turn around and say, boy, I messed that up. I didn't do that right. You say, well, I wish I could go back and change the things that I did. I wish I could go back 20 years and change those things. My mom told me that one time. I wish I could go back. I wish I'd go back in time. And she carried around a heavy burden because she messed up on things. Well, that, you're wishing for something that can't happen, first of all. You can't go back in time and change things. So what you have to do is find comfort and rest in Christ and trust in Him. In 1 Corinthians 5, 15, 9, Paul said, I'm the least of the apostles that I'm not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Paul lived with that regret that he persecuted Christians. He terrified them. He was a terrorist. He persecuted them. He tried to get them to deny Jesus. He, he had them stoned and murdered and imprisoned. And now he goes into the Christian fellowships and preaches, and, and he probably, more than, more than once, he's looked into the eyes of someone he persecuted and, and preached to them. He said, I'm not even fit to be an apostle. And then verse 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was within me. So Paul didn't go into hiding and say, oh, I failed, I've ruined everything, it's, it's over with, I, I, I give up. Paul said, no, I failed, but God is gracious. And I'm not, I'm not what I wish I was, Paul says, in, you know, to paraphrase in Romans. But I am what I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And I love the Lord, and I do what I can. And so he, he had peace because there is no condemnation in Christ. There's not a perfect mother. And the Lord knows that. And the Lord expects that, so to speak. Proverbs 29, 15 says, A child left to himself bringeth his mother shame. A child that is just left for nobody to care for them, that's a road to disaster. But a big part of the mom's life is just putting the kids on the right path and being there for them and to loving them and to trust the Lord. Because the Lord can take your imperfect works, your imperfect words, where you've tried and failed and, and use that to bless your children. You might fall, but fall forward. And the Lord, the Lord will bless you. The Lord knows your frame. It's worked into the system. It's important, and you're going to fail. But the Lord is going to use you and your kids. And let me close with this. The, the Lord is going to use your failures, even, for their sanctification. 
If you have a gospel home, then you know your kids will know and express the grace of God. Don't be too proud to tell your kids that you messed up. Don't be too proud to tell your kids that you're sorry. You don't have to be super mom who's never wrong and has to carry the weight and the burden of everything around. Confess your faults to, your, to God and confess your faults to your kids. And if you mess up, ask for forgiveness. Model for them the gospel. Model for them that you've received grace and that you will give grace when they mess up and you will ask for grace when, when you mess up, right? So model for them the gospel. Show them that you're, that you're in need for Christ. And then you're going to have a gospel home, not a legal home. The burden of sin will be lifted. The weight of a house full of strife will be lifted away. Much of the burdens that we carry around are are burdens that we don't have to anymore. We We can leave those burdens aside over and over and again. The Bible says, grace be to you and peace from God our Father. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. The Lord Jesus offers comfort and rest and peace for your soul. The Lord doesn't save you by how good a mother you are, and the Lord doesn't love you based on your commitment to him. In Christ, you are forgiven. In Christ, you can find rest. God has called you and given you what he wants you to do. And what's what's he wants you to do? He wants you to love him and love your family. And if you do that, you're walking in the will of the Lord. It doesn't even say to make your... It has nothing to do with, with even how your, your kids end up. Do you love them? And have you showed them Christ? Well, that's what your responsibility was. And that's what it is. To love them and to, to love the Lord. Trust your heart work to the Lord. Lean upon Christ. Find grace and comfort in Christ and rest for your soul. To be a good mom is just to love your family and to love the Lord and to point them to Jesus Christ. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. I pray that the Lord